Well, hello, friends. Grace and peace of our Lord and Savior, Christ Jesus, be with you. Welcome to Sermons from the Mount podcast. My name is Pastor Mark O'Neill. I currently serve as the pastor of Mount Olivet United Methodist Church in Manio, North Carolina. Each week, we will post here audio recordings of the sermons that I preach from that church. Hope this one is a blessing to you. God bless. Take care. Friends, our gospel lesson in the sermon text this morning comes from the Gospel of John. We'll be in the 10th chapter. We're going to take a look at verses 22 through 30. So again, this is John chapter 10, verses 22 through 30. It says, At that time the feast of dedication took place at Jerusalem. It was winter, and Jesus was walking in the temple in the colonnade of Solomon. So the Jews gathered around him and said to him, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered them, I told you, and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name bear witness about me. But you do not believe because you are not among my sheep. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. I and the Father am one. My friends, this is the word of God for you and I, the children of God. Thanks be to God. Friends, this past Wednesday, June invited me to come and be the speaker at the middle school FCA meeting. Before we got there, I was talking with Emily, who is the Manio FCA director for both the middle and the high schools, and she knows our daughter, Caroline, and she asked me if we had any kind of a countdown clock going, counting down the days until we got to high school graduation. I told her that honestly, I was trying my best not to think about it. And I'll admit and share to you, since we are family after all, but over the past few weeks, anytime I start thinking about it, I get a little teary-eyed. It'll happen to me just at random times during the day. I'll hear a song on the radio that reminds me of her, and I'll get a little teary-eyed. I'll see something that reminds me of her, and I'll get a little teary-eyed. I told Heidi, maybe I'm going through menopause or something. (laughs) But one of the things that I thought about was just how small her hands used to be when she was wee little. They were so small, the whole thing would fit into the palm of my hand. And those early years, as many of you know, are full of a bunch of hand-holding. When they start to learn how to walk, you're always holding their hand as you walk them around the park, or you're outside in the neighborhood walking around, you're at a a shopping mall or a department store. I can remember holding on to her hand as I walked her every day into her preschool class. I remember holding her hand every day as I walked her into her kindergarten class. I remember holding her hand every day as I walked her into her first grade class. I remember holding her hands and walked her in every day to her second grade class until the morning when she told me I didn't have to do it anymore because it was kind of embarrassing. 
And then I went and got in my car and cried for a little bit. <laughs> but this week, friends, I was also thinking about some of the other hands that I've held over the course of my lifetime. I held Heidi's hand as we walked down the aisle after getting married what will soon be 23 years ago. I held our son Gray's hand when he was three years old and he had to have stitches put right above his left eye. When I was 18 years old, I held my papa's hand as he laid in a hospital bed in the last week of his life. I've held the hands of many family members as we have gathered for prayer before funeral services. I've held the hands of any number of saints as we gather for a prayer during a home or nursing home visit. And as I reflected over the course of this week about what that means when you're holding somebody's hands, what I came to see is that this physical act of holding somebody's hand is in fact in itself a representation of a promise. And that promise is, I'm here. I'm here. I'm with you. I'm beside you. I'm here for you. Think back over your life at some of the hands that you have held. Maybe it was that hand walking down the aisle after getting married. Maybe it was the hand of a child on a casual walk. Maybe it was the hand of your spouse as the doctor read off a painful diagnosis. Maybe it was the hand of a child right before he or she went into the operating room. Maybe it was the hand of a parent as they lay in a bed right before they entered paradise. Maybe it was the hand of a friend that was going through something terrible and at that moment just needed to feel that physical touch. Good times, bad times, celebrating joys, enduring sorrows. Friends, that act of holding a hand is a promise. I'm here. I'm with you. I'm beside you. And today in our gospel reading, Jesus the Good Shepherd comes with maybe not a physical act, but most certainly a word of promise couched in the metaphor of holding a hand. And friends, the promise he gives to us is one meant to sustain our weary souls. As our lesson opens, we are told it is the feast of the dedication. The Jewish people are gathering to remember a time when they were delivered from the weariness of war. Almost 200 years before the time that our story takes place, Antiochus Epiphanes had desecrated the Jewish temple. He had set up pagan altars and had brutally oppressed the Jewish people. They, however, fought back. They recaptured God's temple and reconsecrated it to the Lord. And so on this day, these people are gathering in Jerusalem in the temple to recall that war and to recall that victory. Our Jewish brothers and sisters, in fact, still celebrate it. It's just now they call it Hanukkah. On this occasion, though, God himself is in the temple. Jesus walks along Solomon's porch, and he looks out over his people, and he sees their joy, and he sees their happiness, but he wants their joy and their happiness to be complete. He wants their joy to be made Full. And so he recalls another war, an ancient war, a war that you and I find ourselves right in the middle of. And he promises 
his people victory. For the folks in our story, this victory is a future victory. It is his victory. For us, it's a victory that has already been won. Now, it's not a fight over stones which make up a temple, but it is a fight over the lives of those that make up his kingdom. That includes you and me. Because you see, friends, the devil and his world try to claim God's people for themselves. They fight and try to snatch us from God's hand. But Christ this morning, friends, offers us a promise. He says, my sheep know my voice. And then he goes on to say, I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. And no one will snatch them out of my hand. No one will snatch them out of my hand. Friends, Jesus says here, he is never going to let you go. No one can snatch you out of Jesus' hand. Whatever suffering you see, whatever tribulation you touch, whatever evil you endure, Jesus will be there. He will hold on to you and carry you through and he will not let go. In this war, instead of overtaking his enemy with violence, Jesus allows violence to overtake him. Soon after speaking these words in the temple, his body will be desecrated and hung on a tree. He will endure death. God's temple will be destroyed, but he will raise it three days later. Rising from the dead, Jesus reveals his power over death, and that power, friends, is for you. No one can defeat Jesus. Not death. Not the devil. No one. I'm reminded of Romans 8 where the Apostle Paul says, I am convinced that neither life nor death, neither angels nor principalities, neither the present nor the future nor any powers, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. No one, friend, can defeat Jesus. And because no one can defeat Jesus, no one can snatch you from his hand. One of my commentaries this week said that this moment in John's gospel reminded them of a passage from Isaiah. The prophet Isaiah once offered the people of Israel an image or a vision of what the Messiah would look like. And Isaiah described the Messiah this way. He says, The Lord has given me the tongue of those who are taught that I may know how to sustain with the word the one who is weary. The Messiah will know how to sustain with a word the one that is weary. Friends, when you and I encounter people who are weary, we want to provide them with some kind of tangible help, don't we? If we come across somebody who is weary from working and forgot to have lunch, we want to do what? Offer them a meal. If we find somebody who was weary from an overnight travel and didn't have a chance to sleep, we want to what? Offer them a bed to sleep in and some rest. If we find somebody who was weary from projects which never seem to get done, we want to offer them a helping hand. But Jesus knows a deeper kind of weariness. And for that weariness, friends, he offers us a word. His word of promise. Jesus knows our true enemy, Satan. And he knows that Satan will take any weariness 
whether it be wars and rumors of wars, economic disparity, struggle with sickness, anxiety, overwork, Satan will take any kind of weariness and try to use that weariness to pull us away from God. But here's what either he doesn't know or doesn't realize is that the harder he pulls, the closer God comes. The larger he looms, the more Jesus loves. Friends, what makes you weary? What things in your life right now cause sleepless nights or irritability or anxiety or shortness of breath or the feeling that the weight of the world is upon you? Jesus is calling you by name. Do you hear him? He is calling you by name to follow him. Hear him. Follow him. Hear him, follow him. Hear him, follow him. Follow him to a place where you want for nothing. Follow him to green pastures and still waters where you can find rest and restoration. Follow him to where there is no fear, there is no evil, there is only comfort. Follow him and understand your anointing as his beloved where goodness and mercy are poured into you day after day, where the presence and love of the Holy Spirit fills you to the point and place of overflowing. He is calling you today, friend, by name to follow him and to live in his presence today, tomorrow, and every day after. Today, friends, Jesus comes to you as your good shepherd. And I pray that you recognize his voice. Because he kneels down, looks you in the eye, and he says, you are mine. You are mine. You know my voice. I hold you in my hand, and no one can snatch you out of it. I'm here. I'm with you. I'm beside you. I'm here for you. Our friend the Reverend J.C. Ryle says this, Just as sheep hear the voice of their own shepherd and follow him, so do believers follow Christ. By faith they listen to his call. By faith they submit themselves to his guidance. By faith they lean on him and commit their souls implicitly to his direction. This is what Jesus makes perfectly clear in verses 26 or 28, does he not? He's surrounded by people who say, Hey, when are you going to show us that you're the Messiah? When are you going to show us that you are the Christ? When are you going to prove to us that you are who you say you are? He says, I've already done all that. But you don't get it because you're not among my sheep. Why? My sheep, he says, my sheep hear my voice. And I know them. And they follow me. I give them eternal life. They will never perish and no one can snatch them out of my hand. My friends, it could not be clear. To be counted among one of Jesus' sheep, you've got to do two things. You've got to hear him, yeah, but you've got to follow him. You might remember last week we talked about the need to both live and proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. Well, today we hear from Jesus two requirements for discipleship. And friends, to be counted amongst his sheep, you've got to hear him. And you got to follow him. 
Notice that the verbs in here are all present tense, indicating that this is a continuous process. We are never finished, friends, on this side of paradise. Every day, here and follow. Here and follow. So sisters and brothers, draw near and listen to his voice. I know this world is full of distractions and other voices clamoring for our attention, but calm your hearts, calm your minds, feel the presence of the Holy Spirit, and listen for the voice of Jesus. It offers a word that sustains the weary. It is a promise that empowers the soul. As the psalmist says, when troubles fill my mind, your consolations cheer my soul. My friends, what a consolation it is to know that no matter what this world may throw at us, no matter what it is that we may have to endure, no matter what trials and tribulations come our way, none of it, none of it can snatch us from the hands of our blessed Savior. So long as we hear and follow. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. I hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. Until next time, God bless. Take care.